I'm so glad you decided to join me for part two of my conversation with our business coach, David Bonnie of Hire to Fit. So guys, if you missed it last week, David shared three practical steps on how to improve the hiring process. So go back and listen to that one if you missed it. This week, we're moving on to how to retain and motivate your teams. And he gives very practical, very tangible steps into how to do something weekly that can completely change your employee retention. So I know you guys are going to love this conversation. Let's go. Welcome to the Marketing Home, Marketing You podcast, a show for busy multifamily and real estate professionals that want to kick butt in their careers without sacrificing their lives or their sanity. Week after week, Barbara Savona of Sprout Marketing brings you quality conversations with industry leaders, mini marketing workshops, and step-by-step guides on everything marketing, business, and career growth. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some outside-the-box ideas from the girl that lives inside the shipping container box. say that we've made some changes. We're feeling good about our core values. We feel good about who we're letting into our family, so to speak. Now we have so many team members that despite just the regular challenges, they're facing the challenges that have come with 2020. So many just had to be all hands on deck, do everything that was needed. Now seven months in, people are burning out. Can we talk a little bit about keeping teams motivated, retaining people, just kind of the, the maintenance part of keeping a team alive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's in what we hope is a once in a lifetime pandemic. Uh, it's not a, uh, in unusual times like this, there is no playbook for it. And the playbooks that are, are, are out there aren't for this specific time, um, whether it be for the, um, uh, because of the pandemic and the shutdown, Uh, how everything is changing in our world. uh, And we can't obviously ignore, um, depending on when you're listening to this, the, uh, the upcoming election and, you know, political affiliations aside, still the world is just kind of going crazy and it impacts us um, as we go home at night and we engage in conversations with friends and family, or we hop on social media and it just seems to be everywhere. So there's no avoiding it. And, and our people are, are, uh, are getting impacted by it. uh, Whether we, think they are or not. So we need to be able to be there to help them. Okay. So what would you say um, as far as, you know, you've got your team, you're in a day-to-day operations. A lot of times people kind of feel that teams are a set it and forget it. Once you've got the right team, we know what we need to do. We go and we just operate. And I'm going to raise my hand there guilty that I felt a lot of times that way too. You really helped to talk about what day-to-day leadership looks like. So what are some of the things that we can do with our teams to make sure that we're noticing what's happening and making sure that they're, they're staying engaged and accountable? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the interesting thing that I've seen uh, over the last six months is when, you know, when things went haywire, there was actually uh, the, the similar to the set it and forget it um, uh, tendency that can be there for businesses is okay. Well, the team's doing what they're supposed to do. Just keep doing what you're supposed to be on autopilot. And we're just going to continue to go. Um, what happened in the, the, during the shutdown is actually out of, out of sympathy and empathy for our team members. I, I've actually seen companies relax even more on the standards. Uh, you know, set it and forget it is not pushing your team. 
um, it's staying on autopilot and, you know, plateauing. Now we're easing up even more on pushing them because we don't want to upset people because we know so much is going on in their life. And it's really coming from a great place where we're really intending it to be helpful. But what I've actually found is you know, a month maybe into the pandemic, a month and a half, that was useful. But eventually everybody needed to get on with their lives and everybody did. But what happened is when the team was on set it and forget it mode or when the expectations were relaxed, it created a vacuum in their mind that allowed them to continue to be inundated by the pressures and stresses of their life. Instead of being able to have the sanctuary of work where they can go back to and say, we got to go focus on this thing that we got to go get. And it's hard and it's engaging and we got to go figure it out. And it gives me a break from all of the, the, the craziness going on outside. So the first thing I would say is, as we're getting in with our teams, let's make sure that we're still pushing our teams to hit the absolute highest levels possible that that group can based on whatever it is that they need to be delivering for the business. Let's still push. Now we don't need to push in a way of, hey, if you don't get here, I'm gonna write you up, I'll put you on plan. But guys, we, especially during this period, um, like you said, our, our residents, they're actually very stressed out. How can we step up our impact? How can we improve what we've been doing in terms of response time or how we're addressing issues or whatever it might be? How can we continue to improve there and getting the team focused on that so that they can now get their mind off of all of the noise that's out there and really get focused in on impact of others? And the great thing about impacting others is when we're focused on impacting others, we're thinking less about ourselves. And when we're thinking less about ourselves, we are uh, engaging in less drama. We're engaging in a lot of activities that actually fill our cup up. And the emotional draining environment now becomes one that is actually uh, 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 filling people's cups up and they're more energized when they come into work. As I said before, it becomes their sanctuary. So I think that's step number one. We've got to make sure we continue to push our teams and hold them to a higher standard for our residents based on all the things that they're now going through and how do we step up and be that for them? Okay, I love that. And I don't know if you're going to go this route, but I know for us, you talk a lot about the proper balance of challenge and support. Is that what you're talking about here? Yeah, <laughs> listen, I very good. Listen good. Talk to us. Yeah, <laughs> it worked. It Don't worked. start for me. <laughs> yeah, so no, that it, that's absolutely. And I love that you that 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 you talked about that. Um, this is something that we can figure out how to. Uh, uh, in the links below how we can get to you all. But there, there's a very simple matrix. It's called the support and challenge matrix. And um, when, as leaders, if we can figure out a way to offer up equal amounts of support and challenge to our teams, that's where we can help become a liberator for them. I talk about leadership often as leading people to outcomes they wouldn't normally be able to achieve. Well, the only way to lead people to outcomes that they wouldn't be able, uh, normally be able to achieve is by liberating the talent, liberating their potential, unlocking all of that inside of them. Um, the analogy that we talk a lot about is with exercise. Uh, you need to have equal amounts of challenge on your muscles and on your physique to make sure that it's breaking apart so it can grow back stronger. Um, but you also need nutrition and rest and hydration. Uh, to ensure that 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 those muscles can come back stronger. So it's the same thing in our leadership. Where are we where are we creating the strain and the challenge, and then how are we also going to provide the support 
to ensure that they are um, uh, 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 continuing to grow through that challenge and not feeling dominated. Uh, the other quadrants in the matrix are for leaders that provide a high level of support and a low level of challenge, you're a protector. You protect your team, starts to create entitlement. You know, if they don't get the results, then at a certain point you get frustrated and now there's mistrust. Right. Um, in the bottom quadrant, if you have high challenge and, and low support, you're a dominator. And that's where, you know, hey, get it done. You're still not doing this right. You're still not doing that right. I forgot the 80% of stuff that you are doing right. And I'm not mentioning it to you, but I'm focusing in on that 10 to 20%. And that creates a, a culture of fear and manipulation. Um, but I think the powerful thing is, is that we're all in the same boat. The way that this is, this breaks down psychologically is every leader is either a protector or a dominator. With my teams, I'm a self-proclaimed dominator. I'm a, I'm a recovering dominator, hopefully. <laughs> Um, so you're in either one. So the great thing is just choose which one you think you're in and that awareness alone of me knowing, ah, okay, I'm going to challenge people subconsciously and I'm going to challenge them a lot. Well, now I need to start asking the question, how can I support you better? What can I, what can I do to support you with all of the challenge that I'm giving you to ensure that you have what you need so that those muscles can uh, grow back and you can get stronger. If you're a protector, it's great to have that awareness because now you can ask yourself the question, what am I not saying that needs to be said? I'm having this conversation with somebody and I'm not challenging them and I know I should be, but I don't want to mess up our relational harmony or make them upset or I'm making excuses and justifying. Well, the point is you're not saying something that needs to be said. You know that they should be growing in an area and you're just choosing not to engage there because of you're afraid or whatever it might be. So the awareness of where you're at in that matrix, the ability for you to, to now have that awareness and, and ask yourself a different question or your team a different question now easily brings you over into that liberator quadrant and dramatically improves uh, your overall leadership. And I think something to highlight in everything that you said there is that underneath it creates distrust either way. If there's yes. too much challenge without support or too much, you know, too much protecting without challenging, either way it creates distrust and that's not going to be a healthy team. So that was something that I had to learn because I was like a very pendulum swinger. I was a protector dominator. So it was yeah. like, I protect until you really tick me off and then I'm going to dominate. Slingshot <laughs> mode. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. And Absolutely. that was, but I do want to kind of emphasize where the core values come together because when you offer the proper challenge, one thing that you really taught that I think could help someone else is going back to someone that says, oh, well, I don't want to get emotional. Again, the challenge comes from making sure the person is back in alignment to those core values. So can you talk about when those conversations, you have to bring that up a little bit, how can you weave the core values into that alignment conversation? Yeah. So, you know, I think one of the big things with this is with protectors, they wait too long to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. So by the time they're ready to have the conversation, they're already frustrated and the other person has no clue that anything is going on. And it's really, really hard for them to just fake it. So it comes off weird. Stop talking to me directly, David. <laughs> no, 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 no. And by the way, it's, you know, 70% of the population are protectors. It's okay, just. That's good to know. <laughs> oh yeah. You're, oh yeah. You're, a good company. Your crew is large for sure. Um, so the, and on the dominator side, you're just, and, and by the way, the protector is interesting because 
you, it, it is easy for you to tell yourself that you do have the best intentions in mind, but you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the, the micromanager. It's just about, okay, can I get a little bit lower to realize that I'm really more afraid about rocking the boat here because I don't want to create, you know, I don't want them to quit or I don't want them to be mad at me or I don't want them to go tell other people. Uh, most of the time we will figure out, well, it is really about me, but there, there are good intentions there. Um, on the dominator side, it's, uh, you have the, you escalate the conversation too quick. So the protector waits too long. The dominator comes in too quick. Okay. Oh, dude, hold on. You kind of identify which one maybe you're falling into. Exactly. That's a good way for you to be able to find out kind of what, uh, uh, based on your past experiences and how you've handled this, what quadrant you're in. Um, the best way to, to address this stuff is it's something that I call the coaching progression checklist. And this might be a little bit different, um, but we can continue to go into some other areas. But the, the first thing I always want to do is I always want to make sure that if I'm their leader and I own this, I've got to bring up the opportunities that they have to grow. If I'm already saying something is an issue, that means that I'm either coming in too quick or I haven't spoken up fast enough or early enough. Everybody has opportunities to grow. Me too. Like everybody, everybody does. There isn't a single person on, on the planet. So if I care about my people and I want them to grow, I want to look for the opportunities that they have to grow. And then I want to point those out to them. Okay. We've got an opportunity to grow here. Here's what I'm seeing. You're doing great in these areas. Here's the opportunity. Let's go ahead and start working on that. If that doesn't change and it's significant enough, then we want to say, let's explore barriers. As much as we wish people were a computer program, and as soon as we program them to do something different, they would just do it. Unfortunately, they don't. Neither do we. So uh, what's, what we can expect is we're going to tell somebody that there's an opportunity to do, to do things differently, and they're not going to get there. So we need to explore the barriers. So if we're in a team meeting, hey, there's an opportunity for you not to kind of go down this route and get negative and start to take the conversation into these areas. Uh, we get into a another team meeting, they do it again. Okay, well, let, what happened? Let's explore this. We already talked about it. Why did this happen? Well, I just get so frustrated and it's just because of this and it's just because of that. Now we can really examine it and really isolate the reasons why it's happening. When we explore the barriers, now we're give, allowing them to understand what is more subconscious behavior for them. We're now allowing them to look at it and get it right in front of them so that they can better start to recognize it when it's going to happen and choose differently, like we've talked about before. Now, if it still doesn't change, now we can get into a third conversation with them about it, which now makes sense. Hey, this was an opportunity, but now it's becoming an issue. And I want to be clear about that. You know, you continuing to bring this kind of energy into our team meetings isn't doing anything for anybody. It's just frustrating everybody. This is an issue and we need to get it corrected. Uh, and that's where I really recommend we get into some documentation there, um, not just for HR issues, but so that we can be clear. Am I clearly communicating to them what I expect, what I'm seeing and what I expect? Uh, and then from there, if it's still not changing, we get into the performance plan area and then we can you know, continue to go. But anybody that is engaged with this, this kind of format, employee attrition has gone down dramatically in terms of actually having to offboard people, because guess what? People want to be successful. So if we can just have a series of conversations with them that progress effectively and in the right time manner, they figure it out and the problem gets solved. Yeah, I have seen that so many times with our property managers that are just so frustrated with someone. And when you kind of dig in a little bit, it's like, you know, 
how many times has it have they gone and talked about it well many times it's like we just talked about it's it's gone from i should say something i should say something but they're going to fix it they're going to fix it and then it's like they need to go they need to get and so they, they, they already knew they should have already known should, that, that wasn't okay they should have already known that i was frustrated about it exactly and i get it but i'm telling you they don't they don't so just to kind of emphasize that because this was very much life-changing a conversation starts as an opportunity we see an employee they're doing great things but where's the opportunity for them to do better that's where maybe they're having an issue that but we're we're really looking at this as like hey this is an opportunity yeah. from there we're talking about the barriers like what keeps coming up that is allowing this to continue and it's is that kind of like a fact finding for themselves like a little bit of a like self put the mirror up yeah and that it's one of the reasons why we want to do it let's say the team meeting opportunity but we already talked about this and it happened again. And I want to talk about it as quickly as we can, because I want you to be able to, to go in and internalize and figure out what was actually happening. If you, if you wait a week to have that conversation, they can't self-analyze. Because remember, what they're doing makes sense to them. Everything everybody does only makes sense to them. If it didn't make sense to them, then it, they wouldn't do it. Bingo. And that is so good. Everybody. So they're doing it for a reason. It makes sense to them. And if we can get them to unpack right then and there why they're doing it and what's causing it or triggering it, then we can now say, okay, well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I want you to start assuming positive intent with team members. I'm going to encourage you to assume that their intent is positive in this department or in this area or whatever it is. So next time that bubbles up, have that reminder that this emotion is bubbling up, but it's, there's probably a reason there and they probably want to do the right thing. So let me go in and ask questions before we're going in and accusing them of doing something as an example. So it's almost bringing to light like, hey, you're going to be in this situation again when you see these things pop up. We've talked about the barriers. And then the next level would be actually discussing that this is now an issue. This has become an issue. Is that right? And that's when you said, we need to document it so it's in black and white that there's no because i remember when you and i talked about this you kind of almost it's almost a place for them to affirm and you also that y'all are both understanding this is the issue it's not that you you know did this it was specifically this and by having them agree to that it's like there's the clarity is there yeah yeah a really great friend of mine he he, he has a he has a phrase fighting for the highest possible good in those we lead if my team member wants to be on my team and wants to be in the company, I'm going to fight like heck to make sure that they can be. And one of those, one of the ways that I do that is making sure that I am clear with them. This is what I'm expecting. If you do want to be here, this is what we need to do and ensuring that they affirm that they got it and they understand it so that they have the best shot possible at doing what is necessary to stay a part of the team and a part of our family, if that's so what they want. On the other side of it, if they read it and they're kind of like, this just isn't my bag, I don't really want to deal with this anymore, then great, we can now have that conversation, which is a lot easier than you're a bad person, you're not doing this right, you're not doing that right. No, it's, yeah, this isn't the right fit for you. You don't really, you, don't, you could do this, but you don't really want to, and that's fine. Go find a company that's more aligned to your values and how you want to work. Um, you're still a great person, I still love you, et cetera. But yeah, that that is the key, and, and, and that the, uh, the language transition there is really, really important for protectors. 
what I see there is that they still shy away from the language and they don't explicitly say that opportunity has now become a problem. And because they're not explicit about it, the person still isn't clear how severe the issue is. And they're not, they're not aware of how close they are from potentially having to depart the company. Um, and again, if they want to be there with us, I want to fight like heck for them and, and make sure that they can stay there. And that's a part of it. And as a protector, I will say that's very hard language for me to use. It's, it's funny how it can, it's easier for me to go to the next level than that in between level. I don't know why, but it's like, you know, but you've really helped us to see that that's making it about you, not about your team and the trust won't be there. So that's something that like personally I've had to really work on because it's so uncomfortable, but looking at it from building trust, that part really stuck with me is that our words have to be in alignment also within our actions. And that's what our team is going to see. So is there anything else that you would say for motivating and retaining teams? I feel like the support and challenge will help retain the right people and, and kind of let the ones that aren't a right fit kind of find their way out. But is, did we miss anything? Yeah, well, I think it's, I, I think the last thing that I would say on this is I think it's really important for us to make sure we keep our fingers on the pulse of our team. We don't know what's going on. Again, like we've said before, um, uh, somebody's mother just got uh, a COVID and now they're experiencing difficulties and the stress is just out of control, but they don't want to say anything because they're worried about it, people thinking that they have it or, you know, whatever it might be. Or um, uh, somebody's spouse just lost their job. And again, they don't want to necessarily talk about it because it can be an embarrassing thing. In during this period of time, things can change for people pretty quickly. So the pulse is so important. And that's where I definitely encourage weekly one-on-ones with your people. Just have that time with them, ev dedicated every single week to have a one-on-one -on -one in the way that I always recommend. And, and I call them high-performance one-on-ones because they're one-on-ones that drive great performance. But the way to start a one-on-one -on -one is always, Barbara, how you doing? And just shut up and just let them start to tell you how everything is going. And if they only talk about work, say, okay, great. But how are you doing? How is everything else going? And just shut up and let people talk and open up. Because as soon as you ask that question and, 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 and you're quiet, what happens is they will start to tell you what's top of mind for them and where they're focused. Oh, I'm having a hard time. We just had a baby. I'm not sleeping. Uh, this is going on, that's going on, it's really, really hard. I thought this was going to be a lot easier or our first child was that, or, you know, whatever it is. Oh, okay, great. I didn't even realize that was a problem. Great. Now I can start to understand on a weekly basis, how are you feeling? What's going on in your life? And when you start that way, you'll also start to, even if they don't tell you, you'll, you'll be able to notice that something's off with your team. When you start doing these things consistently and when you notice something is off, you can now be the person that loves and cares about them and you can start to pry what's going on. Something's, something's off. Tell me what's up and you can crack it open. And that allows you to ensure that you're being agile with what each team member needs in this time. Again, because we know some people need to be remote work. Some people's hours need to shift. There's a lot of different things that people are needing right now based on uh, the current, current climate. And that'll allow you to serve them the most which will then in turn, if they're the right fit, like you said, Barbara, uh, that will in turn make them want to serve you and the business and your, your, um, uh, your residents even more. 
and it's just, it's really a, a great virtuous cycle. Well, I absolutely love that because I think one thing that can happen is when you don't have those regular meetings and you're only meeting to talk about issues or problems, your team gets nervous about any time you're like, hey, let's come into my office. Yeah. Having the dedicated time, that was a game changer when we did that with our team because sometimes there's nothing that needs to be changed in the way operations are going but on the times that opportunities didn't need to be presented or issues addressed, there was no weirdness because that trust had been established. And so I, I think that that's one of the biggest takeaways was the, right, the, the regularity of it made it where people could feel, okay, this is a safe place. And like you said, making it not just business because this is a, whether we, you know, whether we like it or not, this is our team. This is our family. And the more that we view it like that, the better that it goes. Yeah. We didn't hire employees. We hired human beings, right? Right. And if you, if you think you hired an employee, then just know that you're going to get employee type performance out of them. Um, if you hire the whole human being, you're going to get human performance, which is far more powerful than an employee uh, who's checking boxes and working from 805 to 455. Uh, you're going to have people dedicated to the cause and dedicated to the team and loyal. And it's really important. And, and oh, by the way, to make sure that this stuff is, it can be consistent. One-on-ones don't, if done correctly, they don't have to be more than 30 minutes, 30 minutes a week with each team member. They don't have to be an hour long. They don't have to be an hour and a half long, 30 minutes each week. If they're effective, it gets everything out. You can talk about it, everything that you need to. Um, and uh, their ability to succeed from a week-to-week -week basis will improve. Your relationship will improve. Uh, everything will just continue to get better. Back to that time thing we talked about, oh, I don't have the time. Some might say that. I know I've been guilty of that myself, but the consistency when you do take the time for it solves a lot of other things popping up later. So Kind of that catch-22 again, right? Well, I can't do it because of all these fires. Well, if you would just start doing that, the yeah. fires would start to go away. Yeah. David, Absolutely. I know everybody right now is so jealous that you're our coach and not theirs, but they got a little piece of you today. So I just want to thank you for sharing all your wisdom and all these good, so actionable. I feel like it's stuff that people can put into place and we're going to make sure that the resources, some of the ones we talked about are available for our community and uh, look for opportunities where they can continue to learn more on this subject. So thank you so much for doing this with me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like we literally just went to school. <laughs> we learned so much with David. And I'm curious, which one did you identify with when it comes to the leadership style? I know it is so hard sometimes to take that look in the mirror, but oh, it was so good. And I really hope that you use some of those sound bites that he talked about, you know, changing issues to opportunities and then really leveling up those conversations in your weekly one-on-one. -on -one. Like I said in the episode, some of those things have been so hard for me, but it is a work in progress. So hopefully these little nuggets of wisdom are going to help you not only in the hiring, but also in the retention process. And like David said, all of these things that you learn, you get to take them to your next job, your next career move. They get to stay with you. So let's keep improving on them and let's keep making them a little bit better because we know the stronger we are, the stronger teams we develop and the stronger communities we have. So thanks again for joining us. Can't wait to see you guys next week on another episode of Marketing Home, Marketing You. Bye.